are listening to another episode of the Coach's Circle Podcast, brought to you by LifeCoachPath.com. Our goal is to explore all the different ways you can craft your own career in the fields of coaching, wellness, and mental health. Each episode features guests who offer an authentic perspective on their own unique career path and explores ways you might begin to craft your own. For more information on who we are and what we do, visit www.lifecoachpath.com. And now, here's your host, Brandon Baker. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Coaches Circle podcast. Today's special guest is Christopher Jackson. He is a certified professional coach and the co-founder of Coaching and Counseling Connecticut. Hey, Christopher, welcome to the show. Thanks, Brandon. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Uh, I wanted to, I had to start off by mentioning quite a unique background that you have, which none of the other guests on the show can quite say this. So you were actually a professional football player in a past life, right? Yeah, many moons ago. Many moons. (laughs) So can you just take us through a little bit? um, Let's just start there. So um, did you, you know, while you were playing, did you kind of have, is that kind of the beginning of where you started to um, maybe think about things from more of a psychological perspective? Did you have any struggles at that point? And how do you feel that prepared you for the work you're doing now? Oh, man, I, I draw so many parallels to the game of football and especially to playing it at a higher level. Now, what is unique about it um, is that I played professional football over in Germany. So I did it in another country. Mm-hmm. And yes, this is American football that this kids played on <laughs> Saturdays and Sundays here in the United States. It's not soccer, um, but they do call that football football over there. And um, but yeah, we had American football over there. It's been there for over 30 years. Um, And the NFL Europe did have a nice stint over there. Um, And in its wake, it left a lot of farming um, teams there to create their own league. And I was a part of that team, um, part of that league on one of the teams. So, you know, football, I mean, wow. When I, when I do my content, I do a lot of um, just illustrations on how to break down complex uh, psychological terms and, and sociological, I can't get tongue-tied now. (laughs) (laughs) Sociological, I think I got it, right? Yeah, Yeah, sociological behaviors, (laughs) things like that. And what I do is, uh, you know, when I put my content out there is kind of let people know on like the illustrations on the game of football in itself and what it takes to play the game and the things that you go through and the camaraderie and just battling back from almost losing games to dealing with losses, enjoying the wins, and how to really flow as a, as a player and create wins by not even attaching yourself to the outcome of winning, which sounds crazy because the whole point is to win the game yeah. um, and the pressure that we put ourselves under. But no, this is literally in hindsight. I wasn't understanding that during playing. However, I do, when I'm looking back, I remember my best games and best seasons were just enjoying living in another country and living abroad and meeting new people and playing a sport that I love and getting paid for it. And the natural flow of that, as opposed to always needing to be the best or you have to play a certain way or you get or you will get cut from the team and things like that. So a lot of parallels um, to life um, from the football field, for sure. 
Right. Yeah, it's so funny you mentioned that because just in our very last episode, I think it was, we discussed this idea of expectations and how, yes, sometimes they're quite necessary because, like you said, you play football to win. You do a lot of activities to, quote unquote, win to succeed. But it's this attachment to expectations that so many therapists and coaches are working on under the guise of let's sometimes it's called you know, psychological flexibility. That's kind of the the foundation from one of the therapists that I spoke to on the show. Um, you know, a lot of mindfulness and meditation is specifically about um, letting go of expectations. The entire Buddhist philosophy, right, um, right. Has, has its roots in kind of relinquishing this, this need to, um, you know, have a certain outcome in, in whatever it is that you're doing. So, um, yeah, so I, I think that's, I think that's a, a great parallel. And, um, for somebody who is now a, a coach, I think you add a new meaning to that word, given that you have a background in sports. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Another thing that comes out from that as well is um, the idea of, um, you know, just performance identity uh, to where your value is deeply rooted into the things that you do and then the performance that you give. And that is huge. I mean, not even in sports, but you know, when we're in school and we got the pressure of being the best student, or we're always told if you don't get good grades and you're not going to get into a good college and you're not going to have um, a great career and then your life is going to be ruined before mm-hmm. it even starts. So, um, I mean, the area of the country in, in the United States where I'm from, um, is it's highly competitive academically also, uh, in sports as well. Um, however, the people, here are all looking to get into like Yale and Harvard um, and all these Ivy League schools, um, which is really, really tough, especially on, let's just say somebody, it's like a, a kid that really doesn't even want to follow in the footsteps of, um, let's say, finance, because that's a big, big uh, curriculum that people follow out here to get into the business world, MBA and things like that. And if they don't follow in the footsteps of their dad and their granddaddy and great granddaddy and keep that kind of like generational wealth cycle going. Yeah. It's almost as if they let the lineage down. And, you know, maybe they were wired to do something else, like maybe, you know, be a historian, be a teacher, um, just do something other than that path. And what happens is because that performance identity is rooted into being the best, getting the best grades and getting that Harvard sticker on the back of your parents, you know, um, SUV, (laughs) you feel like you just let everybody down. Just like if you put the team on your shoulders, when you're playing in a game, you let everybody down. And it's great to have that edge to make you want to study or make you want to work out and bring your best. However, keeping that edge over the long term into adulthood and into your career, just leaning on that one particular edge, you know, might really create a ton of anxiety. Um, that doesn't necessarily need to be there, and it can be another way on how you can accrue that success, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think that was a good uh, thing to add there, and I guess a, a, a related a related topic here, and you can share your thoughts here as well. When I when I first heard you say you know performance identity, what I thought you were going to say was don't let the outcome of your performance dictate your identity. So it's not necessarily like you know. Um, like let's take the football example, if you're a quarterback and if you make the perfect throw, right, and it still gets picked and you lose the game on a pick six, you know, you can start to feel demoralized because you did everything right, 
but the outcome was still um, obviously not what you wanted and it was a failure. But mm -hmm. I think a, an important thing for a lot of clients to remember and also just for practitioners as well is to focus on it's some it's often the performance itself that you need to be focused on not necessarily the outcome because sometimes the outcome is not just you know dependent on your performance it's dependent on like you know in the case of football right did the cornerback make a superhuman leap that nobody could have <laughs> predicted right um, and so I think that ex that kind of thing happens in real life as well. Um, you could do everything right and the outcome is still poor. And also, and I mean, it I've spoken to therapists and coaches on this very show who have shared with me that, you know, they, in the beginning of their career, would get really down because they would do their best and their clients would often continue to be stuck in, mm. in whatever challenge they were facing. And they eventually learned not to identify with the outcome of where the client ended up, but to identify themselves with the process, you know, the expertise that they've built, you know, for so long. And so right. anyway, that's kind of a related, you know, uh, interpretation, I guess, of don't attach yourself to outcomes. But I think um, a yet another kind of uh, analog to the sporting world. Mm, indeed. Yeah. indeed. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Um, yeah. So I wanted to I wanted to also dive in into your particular practice. So uh, kind of another unique element of your work here is that you are in business with your wife, correct? Correct. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And it, actually, we haven't had anybody on the show that structures it quite the way you do. So um, I know that your your wife is a counselor and you are the coach. So can you just take us a little bit through as to how that came to be and, and maybe like the benefits of that setup um, in your practice today? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, just how, you know, I mean, it just happened by itself, it seemed like, because um, I'm 12 years older than my wife. Um, and when I met her, she was uh, just finishing up grad school and she always knew that she wanted to be a therapist. Um, and then I was finding my path with coaching. Um, it wasn't such a linear path as going to school and getting your bachelor's and your master's and then you go ahead and, and get into the world of therapy and see where that takes you. Um, mine was like really figuring out how I want to show up and how I want to serve. But, you know, long story short, we got together um, and, you know, before we got married, we always dreamed about creating um, a safe haven to be able to teach other therapists, counselors, other coaches on how to create a business on their own terms and help them thrive. Because we went through it, we were going through it at the time, but we really knew the next level of that was to be able to do that. But first, we wanted to formulate something for ourselves. So she brought the best of her world, I brought the best of my world together, and then we said, hey, look, this is what we're gonna do. Um, you know, we'll make one brand under one umbrella, umbrella coaching and counseling in Connecticut. And, you know, we'll, we will tell our clients, Hey, look, I work with my husband or I work with my wife and you're going to have, you know, two sets of eyes on what your pain points, um, what the problem may be and what the solution can be from the coaching background and the counseling background. And, what happens is how we, and I'm going to take this back to the football analogy, is that, um, you know, when you're playing sports, you have your coach, right? So I'm the coach. And then you have the player who's in the game. So, you know, in the game of life or like really in the game of the sport. And, 
you know, you get to play from the sideline and you go out in the field and you play. It can be soccer, it can be football, basketball, whatever it is. But the players rely on the coach to put them in the best position to succeed. Mm -hmm. So that is what I do. Now, if the player gets injured, they need to go ahead and see the trainer, right? Either they can get back in the game, probably in the second half or take a couple of plays off, or this player is really injured and I'm not going to see them for four to six weeks. So when that happens in the, in the coaching counseling world and how there's a parallel there is when somebody is stuck in a loop and they're not doing the work in between sessions and we're talking about the same thing over and over again over the course of multiple weeks, it's like, you know what, this person is injured. Now, I'm not saying that brain injury or somebody needs to be fixed because they're broken. That's not the lens that I um, work with my clients, um, you know, because I really truly feel like everybody has the answer inside. There's just a bunch of crap piled on top of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But if somebody, air quotes, sprains their ankle or blows out their knee, which would be they find themselves in a loop um, in their cognitive functioning, psychologically, or whatever it may be, I would then tell them, I say, hey, look, I'm going to consult my wife on this because this is what I'm hearing. And we're finding ourselves in this loop and we're not taking the action forward. So I can't use you in the game. This is not what I'm saying to them, but this is the parallel to sports. I can't use them in their game if they're injured, right? I would have to bring another player in to play their position so we can win. Right. So being that they're the sole client, it's not like I'm working with a team around them. I let them know. It's like, hey, look, we are, we are a full package. I'm your coach. This could be your counselor if you need it. If I think that you need um, therapy in this isolated incident, then I'm going to go send you to the air quote trainer to get your knee looked at. And then when you're ready to come back in the game, then we can go ahead and proceed forward. Does that make sense? I love it, man. Uh, I think, I think that makes so much sense. Yeah. Um, and actually, okay. if you don't mind, I'm going to use that metaphor whenever. Okay, perfect. I, yeah. Whenever I, because this comes up, I mean, like I, I, I talk to therapists sometimes and, you know, I think most, most counselors are kind of um, on board with the whole coaching idea and the whole philosophy behind coaching. But for those that aren't, I mean, just right there, imagine you have a football team that only has medical staff and, and trainers on staff with no coach. It's like, well, the players are going to, in theory, be able to play just fine. But without a doubt, a team with a coach as well is going to be much more coordinated. Um, you know, it's going to bring out the best, like you said, in those players. And so I think Correct. you're exactly right. You know, this is why therapy often has to happen before coaching, just the same as you have to fix that busted knee before you learn your routes, right? Um, it's it's kind of a stepwise thing. And I think um, I think that analogy fits fits quite well. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Feel so free I, to use it. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, man. Don't trademark it. All right. Because I want to. <laughs> you got it. Um, so I want to actually just follow up a little bit on your particular um, setup in, in your practice. So, you know, a lot of people have an interest in going into business with Ooh, their. I lost you. Oh, oh there you, you go. I'm back. There you go. Okay, cool. Back in business. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of people have an interest in going into business with their spouse, right? Um, and so, I mean, I, I've done it myself in my own personal life. And for the most part, it's wonderful. Um, so I think everybody kind of understands the 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 pros of, of that. I don't think we need to spend too much time uh, discussing that side of it. But I did want to ask you before we moved on, what do you see as some of the challenges of making that decision? And for anybody that does want to go into business with their spouse, 
maybe how do you avoid from the beginning some of those potential pitfalls that can happen down the road? Right. That's actually a great question because my wife and I are in the process of creating a done with you course on how to create a power couple, the dynamic duo. So yeah, you are on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. So if we could just keep with the sports analogies, um, all the great dynamic duos um, like Jordan Pippen, uh, Montana Rice, um, if I can think about it, that's current. It would be like if it's football, it'd be Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. Mm -hmm. But you get it. Like, what is the perfect compliment? Oh, wait, here's here's a you know real a dynamic duo is Belichick and Brady. Um, oh yeah. So yeah. Well, and in, a, in a past life, uh, not so in much a, in a past life. <laughs> right, right, right. But the dynasty and the legacy is still there. Yeah. And the framework to success is still there. So, and that would be a perfect segue to what I'm talking about. So, if you're going into Going into business with their wife, I, I would take it like this. So this is part of the done with you course and the, kind of the ideas my wife and I were throwing together. It's what do you want the purpose of your marriage to be first? Before you go into business at all, it's what's the purpose, the vision, and the legacy that you want to leave on your marriage? Why? Is this union even a thing? How the heck did you even meet out of all the people you could have met mm -hmm. in your entire life and all the people you could have fell in love with and did this union and the whole thing? Like, how did this come to be? So getting and I, when I call this like the power of three, so one plus one equals three. And then obviously one plus one equals two. Everybody, I know how to count. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> Disclaimer, right? Yeah, I, I know I messed up on the the word before, but uh, you know it's not because of football and concussions. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so one plus one equals three means when you bring a whole person and a whole person together, and you bring your values, your strengths, um, your lens, your beliefs that you have on the world, and combine them together with a perfect complement, and you guys fill in each other's gaps. What is that third entity that you create? And that is going to be the purpose and the legacy for your marriage. Now, apply that into creating a business. What you need to look at is, okay, how do we want to work in and on the business? How many hours do we want to allocate? If you don't have kids yet and you plan on having, a, having kids, what does that look like? Or if you do have kids, what are going to be your business hours? And how can you help one another to be able to have a sense of, you know, if you, like, you have a value of freedom or autonomy, how can you create that autonomy and freedom for your partner while building on the business, while wearing the hat of a parent? Um, so there's a lot of dynamics going on there, but, you know, we don't have to speak on the pros, but the cons, you know what? The cons are just not preparing for what it looks like to run a business professionally and successfully, whatever that means to you. So... You know, sports, again, offense and defense. They say defense wins championships. Offense scores points, puts fans in the seats, um, and wins games. So what that looks like financially is what is the number that you need to run your household and make sure you do the things to get to that number, right? Taking care of your basic needs and not going below the basic needs. And then what is the number you're striving for? Why is that important? And how is that number going to help your legacy and the purpose of 
your marriage, not the cool things that can happen between like you take some trips here and there and you're able to buy some gifts or, you know, you're able to buy that lake house or maybe your first house. Like those are all great milestones. I'm talking about the long term vision on the sheer number or number of people that you help when you have that amazing offense. It's like that outcome is going to allocate towards a return on engagement of why you're doing what you're doing in the first place and how that money helps build into other people's lives. Um, and people don't remember like what you say, they remember how you made them feel. So you showing up with presence with your partner, one plus one equals three, that third thing is the legacy that you leave behind in that wake of the creation of your business. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's powerful stuff. And I, I love how you led it, you led the whole explanation with kind of what is the vision that you have for your marriage? Because I think no matter what business decision you do make, and I'm again, I went through this myself, so I can definitely vouch for this mindset. No matter what decision you make in the business, you have to let the goals in the marriage kind of, you know, dictate everything else that flows from it. You cannot let the business come first. You cannot let, because if, if the business starts coming kind of as the priority and kind of you know, before marriage considerations, it's going to like the entire thing is going to crumble because it's going to have an effect on the marriage. And then that's going to have a cascading effect on the business. Right. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I definitely like that focus on, you know, what are you doing this for in the first place and, and kind of let your business decisions flow from there. Right. Yeah. yeah it sounds definitely. like that's what I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it sounds like that's kind of what uh, you're saying. Yeah. I mean, you, you heard it exactly right. And really getting clear on who you are, because who you are determines what you do and how you do it. So when you're really clear on who you are and not looking at the expectation of somebody else making you happy um, or coming with these hidden agendas and expectations that you have for your partner without them knowing, mm -hmm. knowing who you are, how you tick and really living into your values, learning what your partner's values are, and then having the values of your marriage. So all the decisions that you make, especially the, the, the business decisions, you don't falter from like the top five values. Like there's so many values out there, but if I have five and my wife has five and we share two, well, that means there's three out there that aren't the same. So how can they complement one another instead of compete with one another? And if they do compete with one another, how can we show grace to that value so that we can honor the other person as our business partner and we can be Belichick and Brady and win six championships, so to speak? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, Belichick isn't looking too hot lately. I don't know if anybody uh, saw his press, <laughs> his press conference yesterday or whenever it was. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, and, you know, I, I think I would be remiss if I, if I, didn't discuss your actual work. So I know we've kind of talked about the kind of uh, bird's eye view, big picture stuff so far, but I had to make sure that we we got in some time to discuss your actual coaching. So um, I, I know that one of the kind of um, pillars of your work, you call it the, the core clarity session, right? Mm. And um, this is kind of a common thing that I, you know, whenever I do talk to coaches, coaches tend to structure... Um, if not their whole practice, uh, a huge part of it around one central idea. And just looking at your website, this kind of sounds like it's one of those core pillar ideas. So can you just discuss with the audience what is the core clarity session 
um, and what your clients can expect to get out of that. Yeah. So the core clarity session, it's funny. Somebody, I just booked one today with somebody. So the core clarity session is getting you more clear on how you tick. So if I pop the hood on the car and I showed you the engine, I'm like, this is why you think the way that you do. This is why you make the decisions the way that you make them or the decision not to make certain decisions. And I break that pillar um, of core clarity down to three elements. And the three elements are um, values, beliefs, and strengths. So I, I just spoke to the values not too long ago, so I don't wanna go over that, but really getting clear on what your top 10 values are um, and then your top five and your top three and that one value that is your anchor that you can lean onto and especially um, in, in times where you're not feeling motivated but you get reminded of what your true convictions are, that gets you closer towards the alignment that you really want to live into. So, and, and a client comes to me and they're like, I have so much anxiety in my work and I have so much stress, or I'm trying to decide whether or not to um, um, leave my boyfriend or whatever it may be, something that they're pondering, something that I need, not that I need to, but I would like to help them fill the gap in with and they need some help and some clarity around. It usually falls around sticking to your values and what they mean to you and then what values of yours compete with one another or what values were yours that aren't yours that were planted when you were a child, but aren't yours now and they don't serve you any longer. Mm -hmm. so and you've just been the, carrying them around, right? Yeah. 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 Just that's carrying true. them around and learning how to live like, a like living into value-based behaviors. Like that's a huge part of getting really clear on who you are. Mm -hmm. Now, also would be your signature strengths is what I call them. So really knowing how like, you know, unconsciously what your flow state is, like, why are you so like driven or drawn or have a preference for one thing? So this, I really had people do um, a personality assessment, believe it or not. And um, I like, uh, you know, relying on MBTI for that. I'm the Myers-Briggs uh, personality typing. Mm -hmm. And I do that just to get a sense of an individual's cognitive functioning on how they make judgments and how they learn and how they perceive the world. And, you know, a lot of the times it's, it's, it's spot on. People are like, oh my gosh, this is so me. And sometimes they're like, mm, I don't know if this is me, but this part is me. And we just talk through that. And then we, we file, um, filter them in into one of the 16 personality types, just so I can know what their flow state is. And, you know, whatever that may be, it explains a lot on why people are driven to do certain things and then why they're reluctant to do certain things and why they are critical of themselves because of certain things. And there's going to be a lot of strengths that get exposed from the way somebody's, you know, personality is wired according to their, you know, their type in their mind. And when I'm able to show people that, it's like, just like in football, it's like, oh, wow, you keep blowing out your hamstring because you're so quad dominant. If we just like really like exercise the back part of your leg and do these exercises, then you'll stop getting that reoccurring injury because your strength is you're really quad dominant. That's what allows you to take the first three steps off the line like an explosive bullet. Mm -hmm. But then when you go down the field more and more, you blow that tire because you didn't get the right tires. And why you prefer to do these quad dominant exercises is they're easy for you and it sucks to work on your weaknesses. So then I show them why they think the way that they think. Um, and it really helps because a lot of us, 
we, we tend to really rely on our strengths and it covers up our weaknesses, but at the same time, it just makes our weaknesses weaker and we only get to a certain level of success and we will never break through to the next level of success, keep doing the same thing, um, relying on our strengths. So I really wanna show people what those are according to the personality types and just their experiences they have in their life. And then finally, um, beliefs. Um, and then this is like, this is everything. This is how I do my messaging in my, co my coaching. And this is like literally how I coach people on how I see the world um, and the beliefs that I have on the world. Um, and people have their own belief system, but also belief systems of how other people told them that they're supposed to act um, or from their parents, from their community, from their school whatever it may be, and they might have some like wrestling with some certain beliefs that, you know what, those aren't my beliefs, but it seems like this is what you're supposed to believe. Um, I mean, that's really big for people that find themselves in corporate, but inside they feel like they're an entrepreneur, right? There's a certain belief on how they want to do something. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the way that they're wired. So, you know, people have, you know, they follow rules. And in sports, there are particular rules on how to play a game. It makes it even people can go ahead and participate in the game. However, each team has their own strategy, right? And what I want to do is look at the rules that people have lived their life by, find out which rules are actually rules. That stands for BS rules. <laughs> and, I like and, that. Yeah. And then turn, um, turn the rule book into a playbook really learning on how to play with this career of coaching like what this you know this is the purpose of this uh interview right now we're talking to young inspiring coaches but really learning how to play the game of life and not to win it just by playing and participating in it, in it and knowing that although sometimes you may not feel like you fit in you 1000% belong and proof of that is because you're here so when I'm able to tie in, these are your core values, your top 10, five, three, one core values. These are how you see the world according to your personality type. These are your strengths and your weaknesses, aspirations, and why you have this defense mechanism when people are telling you certain things. And then here are, are um, your beliefs. Here are the rules that govern your life. And this is how you can play and expand on that. You have a better sense on who you are, how you tick, and how you want to show up in the world. So that's the core clarity session. And we, and we attach that towards a couple of um, one to two positive action steps that people can take in their life. Like when I'm talking to them, they can take, you know, they, they pick like two or three things that it's like, all right, I'm going to do this in the next two weeks because this is what you're explaining to me and how I tick. I totally agree with it. There's congruency there. And I want to take the actions that align to the more of my truth. And I sent them on this mission and I follow up with them for the next two weeks and um, I expose them um, to what it would be like to look long term together based off that one session. And sometimes people are so blown away to like, no, I want to work with you now. Like I need to sign up like, for a package right now. <laughs> right, so right. it's like, all right, cool. So, yeah, that's how I do it. Yeah. And my favorite part in all that is that you focused as well on the weaknesses, because I think what happens so often is that people need a safe space to kind of explore what some of those weaknesses are um, mm -hmm. almost like 
the di- well, I'm gonna you see I'm loving the sports analogy, so I'm gonna just continue them. <laughs> um, it's almost like you know if if you have a really strong weakness in sports, you're not gonna test it out during a game. You want to kind of test it out during practice or when you're alone on the field, maybe with just one other person. And I think that's kind of the same thing with people in in real life. You know, nobody wants to expose their weakness in the real world, and so that often is one of the values of therapy and coaching. Um, where those weaknesses can kind of come out to the forefront and, um, you know, the, the, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? Like sometimes you need to, um, you know, have those weaknesses in full display before you can create that balance. So it's not such a disparity between what I'm good at, like you just um, described so well, what I'm good at and what I'm not good at. Yeah, yeah. that's correct. Yeah. yeah. And people really love transparency, too. I don't know about you, but when you see somebody really being um, open and honest and transparent, you're like, you know what? Wow, that person's real. They're honest. I want to do business with that person. I want to yeah. work with that person. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So this has been really, really great. So informative. I, I think uh, I, I caught the I caught the sports analogy bug. Now I'm probably going to be mentioning these for the next few yeah. episodes. Um, my, my sports baseball. So I, I'm going to have to translate it to baseball, but there you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, avoiding any trademark, uh, trademark infringement as well. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, thank you so much, Christopher. This has been great. Um, I want to, I want to give our audience a chance to find out more about you and about the work you're doing. So can you just share with us your website and if you're on any social media? Yeah. So the website is coaching and counseling ct.com so that's coaching and counseling ct.com um you can find me on facebook i'm really heavy on facebook um so you can find me in on you know i think it's like facebook.com backslash christopher michael jackson super easy it's like you know the pop singer michael jackson and my first name christopher <laughs> okay um, Connect with me on there um, just to show you on like, oh, is this really him? Uh, my profile picture is me. I have a T-shirt on that says unbroken. I got some sunglasses on um, and my <laughs> okay. Facebook banner is my wife and myself. And it, um, it's yellow and it says the business of being you. That's really our brand. So that's awesome, yeah. man. I, I love Thank what you're you. doing. I think you have such an amazing setup and a lot of people listening to the show that are just looking to take that next step to become a coach. I think listening to your story, you know, partnering with your wife and making it all work like that, um, hopefully will inspire them to even take it even further. Um, you know, you can you can make it a partnership in that way. Um, I'm a big believer in that. So, uh, mm. yeah. So thank you so much for being on the show. And I will have all your information in the show notes that you just mentioned. Um, and so anybody can can find out more. Um, yeah. So thank you so much. I, I wish you the best of luck, Christopher. Thank you very much, Brandon. My pleasure. Thank you very much for having me on. Absolutely. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Right. Yeah, bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Coaches Circle podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening to our show just as much as we enjoyed making it. If you'd like to check out a complete listing of all of the episodes on our show, head on over to lifecoachpath.com slash podcast. See you on the next one.